You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast, episode number 24. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Amy here and welcome to another edition of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. I'm so honored that you're here. Thanks for taking the time to take a listen. So before we jump in today's episode, I wanted to share with you some insight I've recently discovered about myself. Now at some level, I think I've always known this, what I'm going to share with you, but only recently have I really owned it and started to actively be aware of it. And I'm sharing this with you today because maybe you can relate. So here's what I've discovered. At times, my mind can be a pretty scary place to live because in my mind, I have the habit of creating my own stories around the experiences that come my way. So when I'm in my head, these stories are completely real and completely true, but really they're just my perceptions around a certain incident that might've happened. Is this making any sense? So for example, in my early years, I would promote something and it wouldn't do as well as I thought it should. So I would automatically attach a story and think, okay, I'm just not as good as my peers. I don't have what it takes to do this. Or I should have never left Tony Robbins. This is totally over my head. I'm just not going to be able to figure it out. And these were big stories I would create in my head and they would really just crush my confidence. So I really battled with this in my early years. So because I'm now more aware of these stories that I create that aren't necessarily true, these days I try to spend as much time as possible in the present moment where life is actually happening. Because we all know in the moment, things are actually real. In my head, I think they're real, but as I mentioned, these are just more perceptions or stories that I've made up. So my goal is to live in the present moment as much as possible. Easier said than done, I know, but it's something I work on daily. So for me, this has been a really big lesson to learn because it's allowed me to quiet those fears and those doubts and worries that pop up as I'm building my business. So I really needed a way to deal with them and this living in the present moment has helped me. So I tell you all of this because I think all of us have those moments that our stories turn into realities for us. Again, it's just part of being human. So to help you with some of those fears and doubts that might creep up for you from time to time, especially as you're building your business, for this episode, I've invited my mentor and someone I'm honored to call a friend, Marie Forleo, back to the show. She's my very first repeat guest. So last time Marie was on the show, we talked all about her entrepreneurial journey and how she has built her business. But in this episode, we're going to get even more specific and explore some of those mindset pitfalls all of us face at some time in our journey, again, as we build our business. Now, I specifically asked Marie to come back on the show today to explore these mindset pitfalls because not only is Marie a marketing pro, but she also has a really great way of pulling you out of your head and into the present moment where things tend to look very different than they do in our minds. Since the day I left Tony Robbins and started my own business, Marie has not only taught me extremely valuable marketing lessons that I actually use to build the foundation of my business, 
but she also taught me some invaluable mindset shifts that made a huge difference in my business confidence. And let's face it, all of us are building a business because we want to feel a certain way, more freedom, excited about what we're doing, feel that passion in us. And when you don't have the confidence to move forward, well, that could just crush everything that you've been working on. Now, Marie's style is raw, real, it's genuine, and she tells you what you need to hear, not necessarily what you want to hear. Although this is hard for me at times, I truly appreciate that kind of honesty. Now, for those of you who don't yet know Marie, you can hear all about her journey to success in my first interview with her, as I mentioned, and you can find that at amyporterfield.com forward slash zero three, just the number zero three. Now, Marie's mission is to help you create a business and life you love. She's the founder of one of the best training programs I have ever experienced called B-School, as well as a best-selling author and the creator of the award-winning web show, marietv.com. Now, as always, we have a lot to cover and you're going to love what Marie has to say about these mindset pitfalls most entrepreneurs face and how to move beyond them. So let's go ahead and jump in. So Marie, thank you so much for being here. You are my first returned guest and I'm so happy that you've decided to jump on the show. Thanks again. Oh my God, it's my honor to be here again. Two times, baby. I know, and we have good stuff to cover today because as everyone knows, we're gonna be talking about these three mindset pitfalls that entrepreneurs tend to face when they're getting started or they're building out their business. Now, before we get into these pitfalls, tell me a little bit why you think that these three that we've identified are so very important. Well, I think they're important because when you're first starting out your business or your artistic endeavor or whatever it is that you're trying to get off the ground, your project, the thing that you believe in, these are three pitfalls that can literally take you out of the game and prevent you from getting traction right from the beginning. It's when you're most vulnerable. And these are really the three um, big, huge areas that people can stumble. Now, on the flip side, once you've started making some progress and you have some success and you're trying to reach that uh, next level, so to speak, these are the things that can also trip you up, but it's usually, it's like you're playing a video game at a new level. You know, the competition gets more intense. Criticism can get really big and where you want to go into a hole and hide because you have more notoriety and you have more things to lose. And as we'll talk about, you know, lack of follow through can really be troublesome because you've gotten successful and big. How do you get all these projects done at once? So I think we're going to have a lot of fun and I think we'll create a lot of value no matter where you are in your entrepreneurial journey. Perfect. Something for everyone for sure. Okay, so let's just jump into it. Let's go with the first one. How do you deal with competition? So, you know, competition is an amazing thing. I actually think it can fuel you and it can drive you to kick butt even more. And I think it's a trait that can and should be developed. For me, it's really like healthy peer pressure, Amy. And I think about, you know, when I've taken fitness classes, which I still do, or yoga class, oftentimes, and I know you're not supposed to compete. I know you're supposed to, you know, keep your focus on your own mat and all that stuff. But for me, if I'm honest, having other people around me pushes me to compete at a higher level. Yes. It pushes me to strive for more. It, you know, again, you can call that an egoic thing or say, oh, that's not very spiritual. But if I look at my results, they're always better when I have someone else around. And oftentimes it's even the teacher giving me an adjustment or, you know, taking my hand and reaching it even further. And I think that, you know, we can look through that framework of competition and see how it can be a really healthy thing. And of course, you don't want to hurt yourself um, and you don't want to like hate your competitors. But um, on, you know, on a personal level, you want to love your colleagues and all that. But within the framework of business and competition, I think it's awesome 
And I think where um, we often go wrong is we demonize it. And we think, oh, I should be so, you know, kumbaya and lovey-lovey. I will tell you, Amy, for me, I want to be the best. Yes. And I have no <laughs> problem saying that. Like, I want to be number one. And when I think about that, it drives me to innovate more. It drives me to be more creative. It drives me to be more caring. I feel like it pulls the very best out of me. Now, where I feel like competition can get destructive, and this is often where if you're just starting out, this is um, something I think people can be a little bit more vulnerable to, is if you start spiraling down into what I call the comparison hangover. <laughs> mm, that's, that I've been there. So talk about that a little bit. I don't know anyone who has not been there. So, so that's when you know what you do. You go and you start looking at someone else's stuff. You watch their videos. You look at some piece of press they got. You're on their Twitter stream. You're on their Facebook page. You look at their books. And literally, you're like, I'll never get there. Or they're kicking my ass right now. And you literally feel emotionally hungover. It's like you've had too many margaritas and you're taken out of the game. So that's what a comparison hangover it is. It's when you don't really use the knowledge of the competitive landscape to inspire you or drive you forward, but you use it to take yourself out of the game and you just feel like crap. So I think there is a fine line and all of us know it because I think we've most of us have experienced both sides of that coin where we get fired up to do our best work. And we've also experienced the other side where we just get sucked out and taken out and we feel like we need to sleep for three days. So it's up to us to pay attention to the inner signals and to know what's happening and to really look through that lens of how can I allow this to fire me up and drive me to produce my best work. That's where it's really healthy. Oh, I totally agree. Um, one thing that I learned when I was working with Tony Robbins was that you always want to surround yourself with people that are actually more successful than you so you can strive to do even better. So for me, competition has never been a really big issue because I'm always around people that are making more money or making a bigger impact than me at that moment. So I'm always looking to what are they doing? Find their strategies, model what works best. So if you look at it through that lens, sometimes it's a little easier as if you get into that comparison game, you could pull yourself out right away. Absolutely. I used to do this in the past, you know, because we've been friends for so long, I would compare myself, I would do exactly what you said, look at their website, their Facebook page, how many fans they have, all that crazy stuff, and think, oh my gosh, I'll never get there. And he always says, if you're going to compare yourself, compare yourself to exactly where they were in your life right now. You know, I'm looking at people that have been doing it for 10 years and think, why am I not there? And it's yes. just so unfair to myself. Yes. So you can relate, right? You could see that happening sometimes. It happens all the time. And I see people do this. And of course, they do it a lot. Like with Marie TV, they'll be like, oh, I yes. can't make videos like you. I'm like, hello, have you seen my <laughs> first videos? They're like a webcam. And by the way, I have no problem making webcam videos right now. It's just that we have a certain structure set up so that I can actually get them done. Yeah, <laughs> That's a little bit different. But you're 100% right. You can't compare where you are, especially if you're just beginning your journey, whether it's as an entrepreneur, as a writer, as an artist, as a musician, whatever it is, to someone who's been in the game and in the trenches for, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. Yes. I even got myself caught up in that one. So a very, very important point. I'm so happy you brought it up. Yeah, you got to be realistic with that one. Okay, good. So competition can be really healthy. And I think we've learned a few tips here to make it actually work in your favor versus against you as you're moving up in your business. So let's jump to the next one. And this is another one I've struggled with. How do you deal with criticism in your business? Because I know we've all had this experience. 
Oh, yeah. This is a big one. And I have to say, Amy, I've gone through a few different iterations on this one, and I'm really happy with the evolution of where I'm at right now. So here's the thing. If criticism shows up on your doorstep, like on your blog or your Facebook page or at an event, I really believe you should deal with it head on. You know, a lot of times critics just want to be heard. So if you acknowledge them and their point of view and you tell them that you respect where they're coming from and if you find a way or find any point in their criticism that you agree with and voice that, it's amazing. I love this. You completely disarm them. You open up a dialogue. And again, oftentimes many people just want to be heard. So the less you resist or argue back and the more you say, you know what, I can really see where you're coming from or I completely agree with you on that point. Both of you may actually wind up learning something. And I've been doing this a lot lately, especially on the blog and sometimes on Twitter and on social media. Again, I'm not talking about you know, those really tasteless, crude, sometimes very sexually offensive, you know, YouTube comments are like, hey, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the criticism where someone is either legitimately upset or they just legitimately don't agree with your point of view. And I think that's how the best ideas get shared. Again, we're not talking about people that are just hating for negativity and it's toxic and it has no basis in reality (laughs) and there's no point of view there. But I think there's, you know, a great saying that I always love to remember and I think it's important for all of us. All human communication is either a loving response or a cry for help. That's tweetable. Yes. I didn't make it up. It's something that I remember learning. I forget exactly where I read it, but it really, really helps me. And it's actually an incredibly useful tool for customer service to remember that all human communication is either a loving response or a cry for help. And when there is a cry for help, which is often what criticism is or what feels like criticism from our point of view, showing respect and acknowledging someone else's point of view can really help. And then you also got to realize too that constructive criticism can make you better You know, if you don't shy away from it, if you don't just delete it, you can actually use it just like competition to raise your game. I think all great growth comes out of feedback. And yes, sometimes that feedback stings. But as an entrepreneur and as an adult, you've got to learn how to manage it. Now, of course, you know, when criticism is truly baseless, like we've talked about those like freakish, you know, comments that can be on YouTube. This is something else that's really important to remember. And I want people to write this down. If someone's like attacking your appearance or just something that, again, has no basis in truth, take a real close look at the person who is criticizing and take a look. What have they created in their life or in their business? Because I've got to say, I have never seen anyone that is hugely inspiring, um, a great creator, a leader. I've never seen any of those people hatefully critique someone, especially online. So true. Right? Yes. <laughs> I mean, most hardcore haters and critics are creative cowards. They stand in the sidelines of life. And the worse they hate, if you really break it down and think about it, the more pain they're in. Because people that are not in pain don't behave like that. And they're probably just just thwarting out out of their own, the shadows of their, their thwarted potential. So just remember that. Really take a look at who is critiquing you. Are they your ideal customer? Are there anyone you even care to respect or acknowledge to a certain you know degree? Because really, I've never seen anyone I admire spew negative toxic energy at a fellow creator. Again, I've seen people who've had profoundly different opinions and they have spirited debates, but usually it is in that spirit of a healthy debate and not negative hate. 
Oh, this is so good. I always think consider the source. And if you consider the source and where it's coming from right away, you'll know if it's something that maybe you should pay attention to and really put down your defenses and listen, or if it's something that you don't even need to worry about because this is not a person you'd ever want to associate with in the first place. So, so true. And another thing my mom always taught me from my really young age to kill them with kindness. Yes. And when I go about anything, and I'm so sensitive and I have to work on that, when I see someone attacking me or being really upset about something, if I think in my head, kill them with kindness, I'm almost forced to find something in that email that's truthful or it makes sense or something for me to consider and going at it in a compassionate way, putting all my defenses down. And it almost works every single time. Yeah. I mean, we have jokes about this even on our team because we love killing people with kindness and we love like my favorite thing love. to do. <laughs> it really is because, you know, if I think about it as a consumer, there's been times and I really try not to do this, but there's been times when I've been really upset, you know, or maybe I've had a bad day and something's, you know, spurted out of my mouth that I wish I could take back. So I think having that more compassionate view, respecting people that have criticism or respecting people that speak out and looking to see how you can make it right or how you can make them feel heard is a really beautiful way to approach this world. And I also think too, having a certain sense of spiritual compassion, even if you don't want to engage with some of the crazies, that it's not always a smart idea to engage with. Sending them some love, knowing that they're probably in a lot of pain is also a really good thing, you know, rather than energetically reaching back into the screen or, you know what I mean? Having some kind of reaction that again, is not going to serve anybody. Completely, completely agree with you. If they come at you upset and you go back to them upset, they're not going to hear a word you say. So if you really want to be heard, kill them with kindness and it goes a long way. So such great points there. I appreciate you sharing all of that. I think all of us can learn something from it. So appreciate it. Okay. Let's jump into the last one. And this is a big one. How do you deal with lack of follow through? Okay, this is big. And this is probably one of the most important lessons that I've ever learned. I got it from a friend of mine, one of my favorite authors of all time, a guy named Stephen Pressfield. And he wrote, what is my favorite book? It's called The War of Art. And subsequently, he wrote a book about this concept. And it's a concept called turning pro. So when you're thinking about follow through, right, you're thinking about the fact that you've got a million things on your list, all these ambitious projects that you want to push through, all these things that you want to do every day and reaching out and writing blogs or podcasts or videos or all this stuff, and it never seems to happen. You've got to ask yourself, are you operating like an amateur or a pro? Simple question. The answer is profound. Yes. It will change everything. Are you operating like an amateur or a pro? And again, I couldn't recommend the book enough. It will absolutely change your life. But the short version is, you know, amateurs are people who basically show up every once in a while. (laughs) They flake on their commitments. They say they're going to do something. They don't usually take their work seriously, nor do they get paid for it. Um, They are more likely to get lost in things like addictions or drama or negativity or, you know, going to the fridge and eating constantly or getting caught up and never having anything to really do, but tons of excuses why it never gets done. Those are people who are amateurs and I'm sure we've all know them and I'm sure we've all been them at times in our life. I certainly have. And then think about being a pro. A pro is a person who shows up no matter what, who gets results no matter what, never has a reason for why it doesn't work, always figures out how it can work and makes it happen. A pro is a person that you can depend on. A pro is a person who takes themselves seriously. You know, Amy, one of my favorite questions to ask, and it's something that I'm actually putting in my next book, is if you were the best in the, in the world at what you do, how would you behave? 
Mm, that's a good one. You got to really think about that one. If you were the best in the world, what would you do? How would you behave? And if you don't consider yourself in the best in the world, why? It's probably because of how you're not behaving. So I have to say, like when you just turn pro again, this is all press field, you commit and you fight like hell to get things done no matter what. And I'll give you an example. Um, last night, we were having this creative meeting that kept getting pushed off and uh, working with some folks that are in Brooklyn, I'm in Manhattan. And after working for like nine hours straight, um, I kept getting emails like, oh God, the guys won't be back in the office. We need to push this back. We need to push this back. And I'm like, this is a really crucial meeting. Finally get the email like, hey Marie, can you come to our offices and we'll start the meeting at six. Now, I don't know about you, but you know, starting a day at 8 a.m. in the morning and doing like a really important meeting at six in Brooklyn for me, not really what I wanted to do. But yes. I, I sat myself down. I said, you know what? This is vital for the business. Timing is crucial. I wrote back and I said, I'll be there. And I went, we had a great meeting and I was home by 8.30 and, and having a date night. But you got to ask yourself, how many times do you let something else sweep in and just take your to-do list off of your priority list? You know what I mean? Someone yes. else happened, a call comes, this, that, or the other thing. And it's just, you never get anything done. So um, I have one more quick story. And uh, it's another personal one. You know, I was recently talking to a friend of mine who was excited about starting to publish his own videos. And he started, you know, filming these videos and doing all the post-production. And he put out two and then he dropped off the map. And, and I remember asking him, going like, what's going on with you? And he's like, oh, I've got these music issues. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, well, you know, the folks that are doing my production, you know, they're using a song that it's copyrighted. We can't really use that. I'm like, that's why you're not publishing? I'm like, what are you crazy? I'm like, you can go online and for like 99 or 100 bucks, you can buy a song that you can completely use. You know what I mean? It's totally for exact purposes that you're talking about, but you're letting someone else's inadequacies take your game off the track. I'm like, Ooh, you're good stuff. nuts. Really? And so I wanted to really shake him and go, dude, buy other music right this moment and put your next freaking video out. But it all comes down to that. If it's lack of follow through, I can pretty much guarantee if you're having trouble following through, you're operating as an amateur and not a pro. Okay, this is such good stuff. This is truly how I turned my business around when I first started working with Marie. She taught me this concept or this way of being and it kind of shook my whole world and I really started to see things differently. But let me ask you something because a lot of people that are my students with what I teach get stuck in perfectionism and yeah. they believe that that is what's keeping them back. What's the difference between being a perfectionist versus being a pro? A pro is someone who produces no matter what. So um, I like to build a little bit of social accountability in there. And let me give you an example. Like with Marie TV, you know, years ago now, over three years ago, we committed that every Tuesday come hell or high water, we're publishing. You know, if something happened and one of the videos went to shit, which, you know, that stuff happens. Yeah. <laughs> if, like I would create a blog post. I would create a video on my webcam. I would do whatever it takes. I've told my team basically, if you guys and everybody, I'm like, if you don't get a video or something, some kind of communication from me on Tuesday, you can probably bet I'm dead. That's, that's basically wow. what happens. So speaking to what you're talking about with perfectionism versus going pro, it's a great question. I think it harks back to something we talked about earlier. You have to put things out into the world and you have to, most of us have a vision that's beyond our current capabilities right now, meaning 
we have this idea of who we want to become, how we want our products to look, how we want our message to be received. But oftentimes when we're first starting out, we don't have the experience, we don't have the capital, we don't have the resources, we don't have the team members to make that vision fully come to life. Does that mean you shouldn't do anything? No, because the only way to get to that place is to start producing work right now. So I would encourage anyone who struggles with perfectionism to take whatever you are doing. What is the most essential piece to get that thing out? So if it's a video, focus on the content of the video. Is the content tight? Are you delivering value? Have you said it succinctly? Does it resonate? Who cares about the bells and whistles? Who cares about the graphics and the music? And I know this is coming from the girl who cares a lot about production, but I will tell you that's the only way that I got things going was to get it started. And then everything's going to be an iteration. You know, I know um, in some of my products, Amy, you know, like something which I I think we'll talk about, which is B-School, I had to get that thing out. And five years ago, it was not what it is today. But if I never got it out, it wasn't perfect when it started. There were a lot of flaws. We did the best that we could. Of course, we put every effort in. We tried to handle everything. But you just can't know what you don't know until you get it out if that makes sense. Oh, it makes perfect sense. I always tell people you've got to get it out and actually get people engaging with it and get the feedback and and tweak as you go. So I'm so glad you brought that up because B-School is a perfect example. I was there the day it came out and I've been a huge fan ever since. And that's such a great segue. And I know you didn't even mean to do it. Let's talk about B-School. It is ultimately my favorite program out there. Tell people about it. And then we've got a little extra. I want to tell them about it as well. Sure. So B-School is something I created years ago. It's um, online school for modern entrepreneurs. And it really was born out of my own frustration. I had gone to a lot of internet marketing conferences and I'd you know, gone to all these seminars. And at that time, I didn't resonate with a lot of what was being taught on the stages. I loved the strategies, but I didn't really like the delivery. And I felt like there was a lot lacking when it came to the soul and the humanity of business and the actual compassion and care that I feel that we should be delivering to our customers. And then when it came to design and actual user experience, I felt like everybody was missing the mark and that I could do so much better, quite honestly. And so B-School was born out of my own desire to be able to share what I feel are incredible principles and ideas that help any business owner connect more authentically and get their products and the services in the hands that of people that they are really meant to serve and to do an extraordinary job doing it. And so, you know, we first started the program, it was what it was. And over the past five years, it's grown into this deep comprehensive soup to nuts program that changes people's lives. It doesn't just teach them how to, you know, get more customers and get their message out there effectively, but really teaches them how to transform and create a life that's custom tailored to them. Oh, for sure. The foundation of my business was built on working with Marie when she had her mastermind and then everything I've learned in B-School. And what I love about B-School, and I tell people this all the time, it's literally your one-stop shop for either building a business or taking your business to an entirely new level, new experience based on the strategies and tips and techniques that you learn in the program. Like it is all there. To me, there's nothing more comprehensive out there. So I know I could gush about it forever, but I got to say, you've done such a great job. I thought it was great five years ago, but it kind of blows my mind these days. So really great program. Now, before we even jump there, because I know at the time of this recording, doors aren't even open to B-School, but what is open is you have this amazing three-part video series, totally free. I'd love for you to tell people about it. Oh, absolutely. So 
you know, I have a unique way of delivering information. And (laughs) one of my desires always is to put out incredible free information so people can get to know if they even vibe with me or if they find me so incredibly annoying, they never want to hear from me again. (laughs) (laughs) Just fine. But if you haven't been turned off yet and you do want to learn some things, uh, what's great about this video series, the first one teaches the six pillars of growing your online business. Really, the, the core six things that you should focus on, again, no matter what stage you're if you're starting out and you're trying to figure out how to do it right and you're just totally overwhelmed because there's so much information out there, or if you're more experienced and you're not quite hitting the levels that you want to hit yet, I could almost guarantee one of these six pillars is a little bit weak for you and you've just got to put in some time and energy and turn that thing up. So that's what the first video is about. The second video is all about 13 keys to killing it online. They're really the timeless principles that in this new digital age, how to communicate, how to connect, and how to really serve people at a level that's in alignment with who you are as a human being. So your humanity comes through. It's not about you know flashy, shiny tactics or the newest social media thing. It's really about the underpinnings of what's going to make you a true leader in your business and what's going to make you proud to put out every single piece of content, every product or every service that you offer. And then the last video is really about tackling, I think, some of the mindset things that all of us can't stand, Um, the things that hold us back, the fears, the criticism, some of the stuff that we talked about today, you know, that quite frankly keeps us small. And then, of course, we share some stories with some people that have gone through the program to hear about their results. Now, those case studies that you showed, they're really magical. And I rarely use that word, but it's really true because I can see myself in so many of those different stories and relate to them. Um, I think it's called Live Your Dream Campaign, right? Yes. And there's a lot of them. How many different stories do you have about people that have seen the success and followed their passion? I am so proud of this, Amy. Uh, At this time, there's over 40. Wow. uh, I know. It's really, really beautiful. And the reason that we created the Live Your Dream campaign, in all honesty, was because I get so tired when I'm out in social situations, and I'm sure people listening like this can relate. You know, when I've seen people wanting to go for a dream, whether it's writing a book or starting a business or, you know, changing their life in some profound way, and then everyone around them says, you can't do that. You're not going to do that. Who do you think you are? And I hate that. That fires me up. And I'm like, you know, I want to show as many stories because people can listen to you and I, Amy, and go, oh, well, they're charismatic or they make up these things about you and I that make us different from them. Yes. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Whatever you admire or resonate with an Amy or myself or anyone else that you may follow, you have that same capability in you. That's where you're recognizing it right now. So I wanted to show stories of people from every different background, every different age, uh, every different industry and show how they're creating a business and life that they love on their terms. It doesn't look like mine, doesn't look like yours, Amy's. It's unique to them. And I think the more examples that we have of people that are doing it, different people, again, all different ages, all different backgrounds, the more we can support each other to rise up and to do the things that we're meant to do the world and, and, and to earn a great living from it. Really inspiring. These stories are fantastic. I can't wait to check out the new ones that you've added. And if you want to get access to this three-part video series and look at all these great case study stories that Marie has created, just go to amyporterfield.com forward slash Marie, and it will get you right where you need to be. So Marie, I cannot thank you enough. This has been so fantastic. Again, my only repeat visitor so far, and I'm honored to have you on the show again. Thanks so much for your time. Oh, thank you for having me on and and hopefully everyone had fun today. Yes, definitely. And I'll talk to you soon. Take care. So there you have it. We all experience mindset pitfalls. It's just part of being human. The real truth lies in how you deal with them. 
My hope is that this conversation with Marie today will help you be more well-equipped and kind to yourself the next time one of these pitfalls sneaks up on you. And don't forget to check out the show notes for all the links that we talked about today. You can access them at amyporterfield.com forward slash 24, just the number 24. And if you're interested in learning more about the program that sincerely helped me start my online business and move me towards success faster than I ever could have imagined, definitely check out Marie's signature program, B-School. You can learn more about B-School at amyporterfield.com forward slash Marie. It's worth checking out for sure. So I hope you take a look. So until next time, make it a great week. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com.